Good evening. It's good to see you back in the Lord's house tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 223. Page 223, Standing on the Promises. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 tonight as we begin together. Sing it out on that first verse. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Amen. Great start tonight. That kind of goes right along with our uh, chapel uh, message and and, uh, uh, today in our Christian school. It was on the subject of being steadfast. I like that verse in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. And uh, well, if you're going to stand, you've got to have something to stand on. Aren't you glad for the promises of God tonight? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So good to see you here uh, tonight. Let's ask God's blessing uh, on our services. I want to ask Brother Don Katanik if you would open us in a word of prayer tonight, brother. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Just had a few announcements. Of course, we did uh, start back uh, school uh, this past uh, Monday and uh, trying to kind of hold things together over there in the fellowship hall and things like that. So appreciate those that have been kind of helping behind the scenes. I did just want to mention this. uh, This coming uh, Friday uh, night uh, will be the uh, first volleyball and basketball games. We'll be playing against Heritage Baptist Church there in Lawrence, and we'll actually be at Lawrence uh, at their church, and that starts at 6 o'clock in the evening, so if you want to come out and uh, root on uh, the Faith Baptist Falcons and uh, harass the other team, feel free to do that, amen, 
And, uh, but looking forward to just a good time and always a blessing to get together uh, with that dear church family and, and uh, have some good sports and things like that. If you have teens in the uh, youth group, don't forget about this coming Sunday, be a teen activity. And then next week, uh, we will be at the uh, Church Planners Conference at Heartland Baptist Bible College uh, there in Oklahoma City. And so next Wednesday night, Brother Tim Quinlan is going to be preaching and I know that he will be a blessing uh, there. And then, of course, a week from this Sunday, be having the send-off services and the evening service for uh, Jack and Lizzie Parker uh, going to Japan. So excited about that and looking forward to that. One more thing that I wanted to mention is uh, in February, February the 3rd and the 4th, is the Midwest Couples Retreat. That'll be at the Dollar, the Dollar Tree Hotel, I believe it is. And over, not Dollar Tree. What is it? Double tree, double something. Anyway, so, amen. Uh, we can go. <laughs> amen. Dollar Tree Hotel. That'd be a low budget hotel. Amen. So, that might be even lower than the Super Eight. Amen. I don't. Amen. Uh, I, they don't leave the light on for you over at the Dollar Tree. They're saving money. Uh, anyways, the Double Tree Hotel. I think it is in Overland Park, and so. I uh, just wanted to mention that there is a sign-up sheet out there. It's not the Dollar Tree Hotel, so please go to the couple's retreat, all right? Uh, but that's uh, it's $190 a couple. Uh, the guest preacher is going to be Brother Ben uh, Moore and his wife, Melissa. And, uh, of course, we know the Moores very much and had to be, were able to support them uh, for uh, several years there as they got uh, uh, Valley Avenue Baptist Church back on its feet there in Fall City. Uh, Nebraska, and so, anyways, they, he's they're going to be the preacher, or he's going to be the preacher. She's going to be uh, speaking to the ladies. So uh, it'll be at the Dollar Tree, and both will be preaching. How about that? Uh, so, anyways, um, the sign-up sheet is in the outer foyer out there. So if any of our uh, couples would like to go to that, and uh, you do have to be married to go to that, you do have to have your license to go to this. Amen. So, okay. Anyways, that one didn't go over as well as the Dollar Tree Hotel. All right. So. But just wanted to uh, mention that tonight. Make sure that you you do have until Sunday, January the 15th to sign up for that. So if you'd like to go to that, make sure that you uh, sign up uh, for that. All right, let's go ahead and get our prayer list out uh, tonight. And uh, do have uh, some some several uh, updates. Well, actually, just a couple in particular. Uh, do, Do continue to pray for our fellowship hall and uh, the gymnasium as well. We actually have some, some floor uh, damage over there that we're trying to uh, see about getting taken care of in the gym as well. And so do be much... Every, everything is in litigation, and so the insurance company is trying to deal with all of that. ...like that. So hopefully we'll, we will hear some news back on that here very, very soon. If you would continue to pray for Miss Doris uh, Clark, uh, she is at home and uh, is under hospice care, and so they are uh, ministering to her. I talked to Brother Gary, uh, I believe it was yesterday, and uh, just uh, talked to him over the phone, and so they're trying to care for him. They have nurses coming in and stuff, and family, and and things like that. So just remember her uh, in prayer, and Brother Gary. I know that they would appreciate that very, very much. And then uh, some good news uh, tonight, uh, Miss Kinley Ann Dossing uh, came bounding forth uh, out of the womb, and uh, so she is uh, uh, doing okay. Uh, they did actually have to put move her to NICU 
uh, this afternoon with some jaundice, and so just pray she'll kind of bounce back from that. Uh, but she is uh, six pounds and fourteen ounces and twenty and a half inches long. And uh, as far as I know, uh, both baby and mommy are doing really, really good. And so Miss Shelby, uh, pray for her as she's kind of recovering. Uh, from that, and I uh, talked to Matt as well this afternoon. They're both uh, doing pretty good, just trying to rest and recuperate and things like that. So, uh, but baby's doing good, so praise the Lord uh, for that. All right, if you have a prayer request or an update or anything like that, uh, even a praise, we'll take that as well. Amen. So, uh, does anybody uh, like that uh, tonight? Okay, Brother Parker. Okay. Praise the Lord, okay? Good deal. That's a blessing. Amen. Anybody else tonight? Okay, Miss Beth Kirk. Okay, Kirk family traveling, and then pray for uh, Jordan having the tu- tubes put in his ears, right? Okay, so, and that's on the 12th, so let's be much in prayer for that little fella, absolutely. All right, anybody else tonight? I have a prayer request. All right, Miss Sherry? Wow, Okay. Uh huh. Yes. Mm. Corroded artery. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. Mercy. All right, so uh, do you want us to leave uh, your brother on? Okay, we can take him off. I'm leaving, I'm leaving Brother Swearingen on. So, so we took him off. We put him back on. It's a miracle. Amen. And uh, so I'm just, I'm going to leave him on. Amen for a little while. All right. So we'll take uh, Joe Wolf off. That's a blessing. But do pray for Miss Carrie Sheely. That's just a real difficult situation there. And um, I know she's a mom. How many? She had like nine children. So, Okay. So, mercy. All right. So let's pray for uh, her and, and that family as well. So, amen. Difficult situation there. All right. Anybody else uh, tonight? What's the last name? Okay. And uh, stage four leukemia. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Let's remember her in prayer. Okay. Come on ahead, men. And um, you guys must know I have a long message tonight. Amen. There's not a lot of prayer requests tonight. So I do pray for Brother Will. I know he's got a 
appointment uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks as well. So good to see the Ramers uh, back, and uh, thankful they did let him into the state of Kansas. Amen. So that's a blessing. Brother Raymer, won't you pray for us tonight, brother? Let's stand one last time together tonight. Let's turn to page 234. Page number 234. His grace is sufficient. We'll sing both verses tonight. Page 234. Sing it out together on that first. Many times I'm tried and tested As I travel day by day Oft I meet with pain and sorrow And there's trouble in the way But I have the sweet assurance That my soul the Lord will lead And in Him there is strength for every need Oh, His grace is sufficient for me And His love is abundant and free. And what joy fills my soul Just to know, just to know That His grace is sufficient for me. When the tempter brings confusion And I don't know what to do On my knees I turn to Jesus For I know He'll see me through Then despair is changed to victory Every doubt just melts away And in Him there is hope for every day Oh, His grace is sufficient for me, and His love is abundant and free, and what joy fills my soul just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient for me.
If you're thankful for God's grace tonight, say amen. Praise the Lord. Please remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. All right, Ephesians in chapter uh, number 5 uh, tonight. Ephesians in chapter number 5. And, uh, of course, we have been uh, preaching through uh, this uh, very, what I would say, very rich book. Amen. Uh, in our uh, Wednesday night uh, service, somebody said it was like drinking water from a fire hose. And uh, uh, it is. There's, there's a tremendous amount uh, here. And, and no doubt we'll see that uh, in our uh, text uh, tonight. So Ephesians in chapter number uh, 5. All right. And we're just going to kind of dive uh, right in here. But look with me, if you would, at verse number 15. And uh, remember, this is the third uh, walk here in this chapter, okay? And, and notice he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, all right? Not wasting the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. All right. Now we looked at that uh, last time we were here, and we saw that and uh, chewed on that. But this is where I want to get to tonight. All right. And look at verse number eighteen. And we could we could say this. All right. We could say, well, this is we're to walk in wisdom, and this is part two. All right. Because of the conjunction and that begins verse number eighteen, because it's kind of the I say falls under the same thought here. But I believe this, I believe this part right here is worthy of its own message, all right? And it's worthy of, of us taking the time to deal with it. So he says in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Okay, and then he goes on and says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there because I believe verse 22 begins another, really another subject and uh, another paragraph and uh, that we'll deal with uh, there uh, in the next message. But this is what I want to focus on uh, tonight. Are you filled with the Spirit? This is why I said this is a worthy subject for us to make an entirely you know, different title message out of. It's because it's necessary. Amen. It is necessary for God's people to learn, to grow in their faith, and to get to this place where they are daily being filled with the Spirit of God. But here's the other reason why. It is also probably the most neglected in our day and time. Really, it truly uh, is. Father, would you bless the preaching tonight. And Lord, help us to be a people that would daily, Lord, in our daily walk. No, no doubt it falls under that, that same idea of our walk, our daily life. Lord, help us to be a people that are daily seeking, Lord, and asking and, and desiring to be filled with your spirit, Lord, that we might be the people that you have called us to be. And so, Lord, help us tonight. Help me to preach tonight, Lord, certainly as we're dealing with the subject of being filled with the spirit. Help me, Lord, to be filled with the spirit tonight in, in preaching and to be an example 
of that. And so I ask God that you would now guide, that you would meet with us, that you would help us tonight. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. There's, there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of stuff here that, that I could, you know, dive into and give you tonight. And uh, just going down through here, trying to bring your mind up to pace as, as to where uh, we are at. We know that in chapter number four, you kind of, you know, the book of Ephesians, I would say the, the book, the Word of God, uh, we go from, from the doctrine of the Word of God and into the practical of the daily uh, life. And, and really, if I could say it like this, that's the way it should be. Um, what you believe, does it, it does have an impact on your daily life. It determines those things. And, and really what happened is this, is that this word walk did come to surface quite frequently. And even here in chapter 5, as mentioned a moment ago, it's used three times. You go back to verse number 2, and he tells us to walk in love. And uh, we, we see that in verse 8 as well. You can look down there. It says at the end of verse 8, to walk as, as, children, of life, as children of light. And then even now... What we just read in verse number 15, we're to walk circumspectly. And that's the idea of walking in wisdom. And as already pointed out, wisdom doesn't waste time. Rather, wisdom understands what the will of the Lord is, and it begins to seek uh, after that. And, and again, all of this could be tied uh, into that when, with that conjunction and there that begins verse number 18. But I do believe it's a worthy subject tonight to have its own title and its own uh, message, and, and, and though it's certainly included in that walking in wisdom. Right, right, up, until, <clears throat> right up until the holidays, Christmas and, and New Year's, I had been, I had been doing uh, some remodeling in our uh, house. Uh, my, goal was to, uh, my goal was to get uh, new uh, floors put in upstairs in our, in our house. And uh, we wanted, we had wanted to put some uh, vinyl flooring down in our kitchen and living room and hallway, and then also some new carpet uh, in our bedrooms. And then the other area that I had really wanted to work on was the foyer that's right as you walk into our front door. We have a little foyer there. And the problem was this, though, that foyer uh, and the steps that went down into our basement, it had this ceramic uh, tile on it, and so... I, I started one night, I said, okay, I'm going to try this out and see how this is going to go and see if I can make any headway on this. And it's not a huge area, it's probably like four foot by five foot area, I think it was that I ended up measuring, I can't remember right offhand. But anyways, I grabbed a four pound hammer and a crowbar and I started going down there and banging away on the tile and just to see what damage I could do. And uh, I quickly found out that I was in way over my head. All right, and, and so uh, anyways, I, I'm down there, man, and I'm, I'm working like a madman. I'm not getting anywhere with this tile. I am sweating uh, up a storm and making all kinds of grunting noises and things like that, and I'm making little to no progress on this thing. So finally I stopped, and I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way than this. And I was right. So sure enough, I, I reached out to... Uh, brother Don Katanik, our local contractor, amen, and uh, I said, hey brother, I said, let me, do you, do you have, it? you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, renting this tool from Home Depot, what do you think about, he goes, brother, he goes, preacher, I, I got, 
I got what you need. It's this little uh, hammer drill, little jackhammer thing, and it's got this spade attachment on there. And, and so anyways, he let me borrow that thing, and sure enough, man, I, I got that thing going, and, and I, man, I got it down in that, in the next, I mean, within just a few minutes, I had that foyer busted up, and I was done. Glory, hallelujah. It was another great example, if I could say it like this, of having the right tool for the right job. You ever heard that saying? Folks, what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this, is that that really perfectly illustrates our Christian lives at times. When the child of God, listen to this, when the child of God attempts to live the Christian life without the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit, you will find yourself working like a madman and getting nowhere very quickly. You Listen, you... You will make all kinds of noise with very little progress. You understand? Listen, there will be frustration, feeling overwhelmed, weary in well-doing, little to no fruit. But when we humble ourselves and we seek God and we desire and ask to be filled with the Spirit of God, and He does, now you have the right tool for the job. Listen, you cannot accomplish spiritual work or spiritual battles in the spiritual realm without the Holy Spirit of God. You cannot do that, friend. So, listen, and this is the thing. Why do you think Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 to wait for the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God? Go with me tonight to Acts chapter 1, and and let me just show you some things here. And hold your place, because we're going to come back here in, in about 45 minutes or so, all right? But look at this. Let me... Let me show you this. Acts chapter 1. Let's go there quickly. And I've, I've got the verse in my notes, but I want you to see this. All right. And, and you can go all the way to verse 6 if you want to, where the disciples are asking, when's the kingdom going to be, of, you know, when is he going to restore again, you know, the kingdom to Israel? And look at verse number 7. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath, uh, put in his own power, but speaking of power, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all and in uh, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, now we know we know this tonight. Come on, church. We we know this that the church this 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 was his church right here. All right, it had already been started. No, 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 no. It had already been started with him. It, it, it wasn't started in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he did during his earthly ministry. Right here is a called out a local assembly of baptized believers. In fact, you can get to the end of the chapter and there's 120 gathered together and they even have their very first business meeting. All right. So we know that, but also notice this. He instructs them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Ghost to come upon them, he says. Now, that, now we know this. They already had the Spirit of God during the earthly ministry of Christ. All right, so we would understand that. But then, uh, so, so in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, now watch this, they would be filled with the Spirit. Now here's why. Because it's the Spirit that would empower them to do the work He had called them to do. Which according to right here would be to witness of His gospel, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. 
That's why they needed the empowering and the filling of the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen tonight. That's, that's why they needed that. that. That's why this instruction is here. Is, and, and so what? Let, let, let me just put it to you like this. It would be wise for us, wouldn't it? To be filled with the Spirit of God? Well, I, I think that would... Because here's why. Because you can't accomplish the work God has for you, listen, without Him. You can't do it. You can't do it. Now, I think... You know, we we got to be careful in, in things like this, subjects like this, not to get the cart before the horse. And so I think we do need to be clear on this, that, well, you must first be indwelt with the Spirit before you can be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so, and, and listen, and, and that happens at the moment of salvation, doesn't it? Come on, friend, that's, listen, Jesus, when, when talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, said, you must be born again, and that's the idea. He compared salvation to the spiritual birth when, when discussing with him, talking about you must be born again. And, of course, we know the, 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 the discussion there. He was talking about being born of the Spirit. And, by the way, that, that's not, please catch this, that the salvation and being born of the Spirit, that's not two different things. All right, that's the very same thing, friend. In fact, you can go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1, and, and he tells you that whosoever believes in God uh, has been born, all right? And, and talking about being born again of the Spirit of God. So, so here's the thing. You must, he must convict you of your sin, your, your, your self-righteousness, the judgment of God. He must convince you of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he was buried, that he rose again. And when you respond to that by humbling yourself and calling upon the name of the Lord, the Spirit of God converts us. Makes us a child of the King. Come on, I mean, you can go back to Ephesians now. And we can even go to some place in, places in Ephesians and see this. According to Ephesians chapter 2, we know this, he quickens us. Come on, if, as a lost person, our spirit is dead. But the moment that we are saved, He quickens us, meaning this, He makes us alive unto God. We are born into the family of God and we are now His child. In fact, look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. He says, In whom whom ye also trusted, talking about Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, now watch this, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Did you catch, no, come on, did you catch that? Did you see words like trusted and believed using, used, used synonymously to say this, that when you trust in Christ, when you believe in Christ, when you put your faith in Christ at that very moment, you are indwelt with the Spirit of God and He seals you. Do you know what that means? That means you've got something in salvation that you cannot lose. Because He seals you. Be a fact, you can keep reading in verse number 14. It talks about that He's the earnest of our inheritance. That means this. He's the down payment. He's the down payment until we get to heaven. Don't get too excited about that. Amen. That's just heaven for all eternity right there. So couldn't we say this tonight? That, that this is where being filled with the Spirit of God, this is where it starts. You cannot be filled with someone, and I said someone, that you don't possess. 
And I, listen, I, I'm not trying to freak anybody out or anything like that. I, I, listen, it is never my intention as a preacher to call someone to doubt their salvation. But I will say this, you do need to make sure that you're saved. The Bible says to examine yourselves and see whether you be in the faith. And I, listen, and I, I'm just telling you tonight that as a pastor in 2023 in America, it scares the daylights out of me to see how many people claim the name of Christ yet they don't give any evidence whatsoever of the Spirit of God working in their life. There's no obedience to Christ. There's no love. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no faith. There's no holiness. There's no living unto God. My friend, something is spiritually off when there's none of those things there. So number one tonight, let me say this. Make sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Make sure that you have been born into the family of God. That you can go back in your mind's eye to the place where God dealt with you. Where the Spirit of God convicted you and convinced you and showed you that you're the sinner. Christ is the Savior. And you called upon Him in salvation. It's not about repeating some meaningless prayer or even doing some work or any of those things. It's simply to humble yourself and and repent. Turn from who you are in your sin and put your faith in Christ. And my friend, if there hasn't been that moment in your life, then tonight needs to be that moment. Tonight needs to be, well, preacher, you know, it's Wednesday night and everybody here is saved. You don't know that. I've seen people walk the aisle on Wednesday night and get saved. But I'm telling you, you can't be filled with somebody you don't have. So you've got to have him. You've got to be born again of the family, into the family of God. But, but here's the other thing, and I'm just going to give you a couple of things from our text tonight, but it's going to take a little while. But you've got to see these things. Look at Ephesians in chapter number 5. Because once you, once you are saved, you and I have got to get to this place where we learn to, I mean, listen, I love that. It's, it's in that walk And the reason that's so important and vital to point out is because it's talking about our daily life, daily being filled with the Spirit of God. It's not talking about, well, you know, back in 1949, I was filled with the Spirit. Well, you need to be filled with the Spirit in, you know, 2023 if you're still alive. I'm just saying to you, friend, that, listen, it's not something that happens once every now and then. It should happen daily that we're walking with God and filled with the Spirit of God. It should be in our walk. Oh, come on, friend, you're looking at me like a calf at a new gate, like that's something strange or weird. No, 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 friend. It should be in our daily walk. All right, well, I guess you ain't in for it tonight. Look at verse number 18. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. He says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. And I like that there at the end, that command there to be filled. Now, here's the thing. We're going to get to where we give a full explanation of of verse number 18 in, in just a moment. But, but, but I, wanna, I want us to just focus on that last little portion of that verse that, that I, I mean, listen, it's, he commands us, doesn't he? Come on, he says, I mean, he says, you know, be filled with, with the Spirit. That, the, the point is to say this, it's not an option for you and me. It's not, this is not something, well, you know, preacher, that's what you need, but I, I'm good. No, you need it too. And it's a command here. It's not, it's not an option, friend. That, listen, that's why He's in you. That's why He's in you. That's why the Father sent the Comforter. Amen. It's because, 
It's because you and I cannot live. We cannot live the Christian life, nor accomplish the work of God without Him. Listen to this. The moment that you treat this as optional is the moment that you begin the process of backsliding away from God Almighty. It's the moment you do. You begin, you, listen, here's the thing. You're not going to be in right fellowship with God because you're not filled with Him. So you're not going to be in right fellowship with God then here's the thing. You're going to be going through the motions of things in the Christian life. You know, things like Bible reading and, and, and things like, you know, maybe even church attendance and maybe even prayer. You know, people can go through prayer. Mundane. Vain. Meaningless repetition. And pretty soon, you'll find the inner man struggling with frustration and no peace and feeling overwhelmed, losing in the spiritual battles, and being discouraged and depressed. Then you begin to slack in, in your vain attempts of obedience with things like Bible reading and church because you feel like this. You're not doing anything for, they're not doing anything for you. And so you find yourself giving up on all of that. And then pretty soon you're out altogether and away from God. Is anybody catching this tonight? See, this is, I'm just telling you, we, we kind of touched on this even some Sunday night in the life of Joshua, but I'm telling you, that's the common pattern that you and I see in our day and time, and you've got to understand this. Please get this tonight, friend. It is not, it is not, it is not because God is insufficient and that He somehow or another shortchanges us and not giving us what we need. We, he just not giving us what we need in 2023. You think you had it hard now? You ought to study Baptist history. So let me, let me help you with something. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The problem is, we take probably, really I would say this, one of the, one of the great necessities of the Christian life like being filled with the Spirit of God, and we take that as something that's just optional, and I'll get around to it when I can, or when I need it. When what Paul's saying right here is this, is that in your daily walk, when you're trying to walk in love, and you're trying to walk in light, and you're trying to walk in wisdom, it'd be wise for you to understand, this is not an option, this is a command. And to go ahead and submit and make this part of my daily life where I'm seeking to be filled with God. So we cannot neglect it. We must submit ourselves to it. But, but on, the other side of it, on the other side of this, this is the problem that I, I have. Is that when you finally do hear somebody talking about being filled with the Spirit of God, nobody tells you how. Well, you just ought to be filled with God. Bless God. Okay. I agree. But how do we do that? It's a fair question, isn't it? Because I, I want to be filled with God. I agree. This is, an, this is an instruction. This is not optional. This is a command. Something that needs to be part of my daily life. So, so, so how do I do that? How do I do that as a Christian where I get to this place where I'm filled with the Spirit of God? I'm glad you asked that. My sarcasm, right? My spiritual gift. I'm filled with the Spirit tonight. I'm filled with a lot of sarcasm. Let, let me, let, but let's, you know, something we always say around here, Scripture interprets Scripture, right? Let's do a little study here, okay? So, and, and probably, you know, I think we've pointed some of these things out uh, before, but 
Let me, let me just give you a couple of things tonight, and, and if you want to write them down, you ought to, but here's, here's the first thing that I would say. If you and I are going to fulfill this command where he says to be filled with the Spirit of God, then you've got to grab a hold of this. Being filled with the Spirit, li- listen to this, it is also synonymous with being filled with the Word of God. Now, where, where, now where would you get that? Well, well, here's the thing. Something that we pointed out as we studied through the book of Ephesians is that we've said this. There's a lot of similarity between this book and the book to the church at Colossae. All right, so let's go to Colossians in chapter number 3. And let me, let me show you some things here just so you can kind of grab a hold of this. Look at verse uh, chapter 3 in Colossians. So keep going past Philippians and, and into Colossians. And look at chapter 3. Look at verse number 15. Now, this, this, some of these things should start beginning to sound very familiar from what we just read, all right, what we read in Ephesians chapter 5 earlier. He says in verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Now, now watch verse 16, okay? Now watch this one really closely. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, okay, all right. Go back to Ephesians, all right. (laughs) I told you to pay attention. Now look at at chapter 5. Look, look at, look at, okay, he says, be filled, with the, be filled with the Spirit in verse 18. Now look at verse number 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So couldn't we say that where he says to be filled with the Spirit of God, it is synonymous with what he says in Colossians chapter 3 when he says, let the words of Christ Dwell in you richly. The next thing you know, you'll be, you know, making melody unto the Lord in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So therefore, we have to conclude those are synonymous. So, so here, no, 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 no. Now, now let's chew on this for a minute. So here's the thing, okay? Right? We're looking at how to be filled with the Spirit of God. So, so if we want to be filled with the Spirit, then wouldn't it be fair to conclude that we need to fill our lives up with the Bible? Right? Come on. I, I mean, let's... All right, we're, we're, supposed to be, we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit in our daily walk. Then couldn't we say this? Don't, don't you think it would be fair to conclude we need to read this daily? Seems like we've got a Bible reading calendar for that. No, I'm just, no, no, and here's the thing. Please, please understand this tonight. Not, 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 not to just read it to get it out of the way. Okay, you've got to be careful. Because you, you, can, you can go through the motions of a lot of things, including just reading your Bible daily. Reading it to get it out of the way. No, no, no. But this is not to just read it and get it out of the way. This is to truly read it and to to digest it, to to have a time and a place where you are in the Word and distractions are removed. 
to, to, to read it and meditate on it. Meditate on thy word day and night. You know, that's, oh, come on, Kansans. That's like a cow chewing cud. Anyway, all right, I don't want I still got to eat supper, so I don't want to go too far with that, all right. Um, here, here's another one. How about, how about to, to, to just take a moment and pray and ask God to speak to us when we do it? Um, uh, folks, I'm, I'm just, li- listen, here, here's, think, to think about who it was written to, when it was written, why it was written, how it applies to my life right now. Folks, I'm telling you, we, we cannot, listen, we cannot go through our daily Bible reading to just put a check mark down that we've done it and expect to be filled with it. It's, it's the time where God speaks to us and, and therefore we need to have it where we're, we're, we're listening for Him to speak. Here's, here's another one. How about memorizing it? Well, that's a good one. Write, write, write verses out maybe that speak to you in your Bible reading. Memorize key verses and passages, things that you need in your own life, or even things that God can use to, to witness to others. I, the, the Romans Roads is a perfect example of that. It, it scares me that a lot of God's people don't even know where the Romans Roads are. People that have been saved 30, 40, 50 years can't take, someone, take, can't take the Bible and show somebody how to be saved. Folks, these are verses that, that we should memorize, like Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Or Romans 3, or 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 5, 8, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, and in verse 13, and just, just taking those things and writing them out and memorizing them. I remember, listen, I, you know, and, and this is the thing. You get in situations like this and people start going, well, you know, pre- preacher, that's your job. No, 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 no. I can remember I wasn't even a preacher. I wasn't even called to preach. I was just a welder in a chemical plant in Pensacola, Florida. But even then, I still wanted to be a witness if I could. And I wanted to know how to lead someone uh, in the Scriptures on how to be saved. So I took Romans, all oh, the Romans wrote... I wrote them out on a piece of paper and I hung them on my uh, work locker and so I'd be over here and I'd be making a welt and then I'd turn around and I'd flip my hood up and I'd read the verses and work on memorizing them every day. Oh, why don't we do that? Why, don't, why aren't we still doing that? And I can remember being in Bible Institute and having to, and, and having to memorize verses and verses and verses. And ver- man, every, every time, Tuesday night and Thursday night, we had class, and you were coming in, and you were taking a test every night that you came in, and on that test, there would be memory verses. You even had to get your punctuation right. And I remember doing, then I remember, then I remember we had visitation on Saturday. So I was going out, and there was a guy that had visited the church, and they said, you, you and your wife go visit this young man. I said, all right. And so we went, come to find out he was an intellectual heretic. So we knocked on the door, and he just kind of cracked the door. He's scared of us Baptist, Bible-believing Baptists, you know. And just opened the door. Guy's trying, you know, throw Calvinism at me, and what a wicked doctrine that is. And listen, I mean, he's throwing this at me and throwing that at me, and I'm just popping verse off after verse, and I'm like, what about this? And what about the Bible says this? And what about the Bible says that? And the truth of the matter, I just kept quoting verses at him, because here's the thing, your argument ain't with me, it's with God. Take it up with him, Jack. And we left, we went back to the car, and I'm getting in the car, and I look across at Natalie and I, my wife, and I said, that was awesome. 
And she goes, that was of the Lord, because there's no way you could have done that. I was like, thanks for putting me back in my place, woman. What a blessing you are. Hey, listen, it's, it's hard for him to bring anything to your mind when you're going through a spiritual battle if it ain't in there. It's hard for him to bring it to your mouth to witness to somebody if you're not putting it in there. Memorize it. Read it. Chew on it. Think about it. Apply it. And here's another one. Obey it. Do what it tells you to do. When God in His great mercy takes opportunity to make His Word available to you and show you what's required, you've got to follow it and do it. But catch this. Catch this. Because here's the bottom line. And you've got to grab a hold of this tonight. Please listen to this. Because I know you say things like being filled with the Spirit of God and people go, <gasps> Being filled with the Spirit of God is not about us seeking emotional experiences. It's about us seeking to be filled with truth. Last time I checked, sanctify them in thy word. Thy word is truth. I want you to think about this. Just, just, Just get your brain working a little bit tonight. The Holy Ghost of God is the author of the Bible. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay? So therefore, if we want to be filled with the author of the book in our lives, then we need to be filled with the book he authored. See, you didn't think I could get cool stuff like that, did you? It's pretty good. But that's true. You want to be filled with the Spirit of God? Start right here and fill your life up with this book. I never regret after getting saved at age twenty. I will never regret starting to read my Bible and starting to starting to just spend time in the Word of God and, and starting to study the Bible and, and and starting to learn what I believed and why I believed it. I'll never regret that because that that that's what allows me to be filled with the Spirit of God in my life. But let me tell you something else too because there's really two parts to this. Because the second part is this. Being filled with the Spirit is is the result of submitting ourselves to God in prayer and asking to be. I want you to just leave. You might be in Colossians or Ephesians. If you're in Ephesians, do do want to ask you to hold your place there. We'll, we'll get back to this in just a minute. But go with me to the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 11. The Gospel of Luke in chapter number 11. If you... And I don't, I don't want to go through all of this chapter and all of these verses here, but... If you, if you begin the chapter, you will see where the disciples come to the Lord Jesus and they ask Him, they ask him to teach them to pray. I, I think that's one of the greatest requests they made in their, during His earthly ministry. And, and you know what the Lord Jesus does? He teaches them. Now, now, I want you to think about this. He thought it necessary to spend time and commune and pray with the Father. Now, what, what, why on earth would we not? And so, I mean, he does. And, of course, he gives what, what is often called the, the Lord's Prayer. You know, uh, our Father which art in... Now, listen, here's the thing. 
All that is is a model prayer. That's not the Lord actually praying. That's the Lord teaching to pray. You want to get the Lord actually praying, go to John 17. Okay? But, but here's the thing. So he gives them the model prayer. Then he, begins to give, then he begins to give them three principles in prayer. And they're this. Ask and seek and knock. All three of which speak of persistence. Right? All right? And then he says this at the end. Look, look, at, verse number, uh, look at verse number 13. He says this, and he's talking about giving good gifts if you ask the Father. He says, if, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the... Now, what's those, that, that, those two words right there? Right? So, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. You see that? Come on, you, you understand? Now, again, come on, friend. See, see here's the thing. Now, watch this. So again, being filled with the Spirit isn't about seeking an emotion, but seeking to be filled with the truth. Right? But, but here's the other thing. Let's not, let me also give you this other principle. Being filled with the Spirit is not about you getting more of Him. It's about Him getting more of you. Truth of the matter is, you, you're saved, if you're saved here tonight, you got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. So therefore, in order to be filled with the Spirit, right? In order to be filled with the Spirit, there has to be less of you, more of Him. I like what John the Baptist said. He must increase, and I must decrease. And the reason, though, no, no, because no, here's the thing, because the reason that I bring this up is because, now watch this, when you're asking, and you're seeking, and you're knocking, that's, that's part of that submission process, isn't it? Come on, friend, it's, it's where we're getting low and we're getting broken and we're getting humble before God in order to truly meet with Him. And, and it's here that we can ask to be filled with Him. And did you know this? He does it. He does it. You, listen to me, listen to me tonight, please catch this. You cannot meaninglessly go through the Bible and expect to be filled with the Spirit. But neither can you neglect personal prayer time with God and expect to be filled with the Spirit. Folks, you, you and I have got to learn. We've got to have a closet somewhere, a private place, a quiet place, a place with no distractions where we can get away from this old wicked, wicked world in the busyness of life, and we can truly seek Him. And I listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, and I know this, that most believers don't have a prayer life. And, and, or, or it consists of, of praying over a meal with family or, or, or whatever, or, or maybe a couple of minutes when we have some quiet time, or, or maybe a brief drive on the way to work. And I listen, I, as, as much as anybody in here, I understand the busyness of life. I understand it. Trust me. It's busy. We're trying to do what we can, but here's the thing. If you're neglecting this, then you are starving yourself spiritually. You're starving yourself spiritually. 
And what I have found in my own life, all right, what I have found in my own life is this, is that I cannot be, I cannot be the testimony I need to be to my coworkers, my family members, people around me. If I'm not spending time with God in real, real prayer and I'm coming out of my prayer closet filled up with Him, I can't do it. And, this, this, and, and listen, and listen, this, this kind of praying, it's, this is not convenient. I said it's not convenient. It is purposeful. It's not saying, okay, God, you got 10 minutes. It's not putting a box in Him in. It's getting before Him and saying, I'm not leaving till I meet with you. And I'm telling you, listen, we've got to get back to the old hymn. Right now, we're singing you know, sweet 15 minutes of prayer and it's really not doing us good. And we need to get back to the old hymn, sweet hour of prayer. I, my pastor, you say this, I don't know anybody that says I pray enough and I, I would agree with that. I, don't, I know I don't pray enough. But I'm telling you tonight and I'm preaching to you just as much as I'm preaching to me tonight that these are the two things. Paul said this to the church at, to the church at Ephesus. He said to walk in wisdom. You cannot accomplish the work of God and the will of God without the Spirit of God. It is wise for us to be filled with the Spirit. And the only way you're going to be filled with the Spirit is if you fill your heart and mind up with the Word of God and you spend time with God in prayer daily. We probably stop right there and have an invitation. But let me give you the contrast too. Let me, let's look at this next thing here. Go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and I think I'm done turning around, turning in uh, the verses for a little while. But you've got to know how to be filled with the Spirit of God if you're going to do this. But then he begins to give what, what I would say is really this contrast of being filled with the Spirit of God. So, something that I've noticed as I've studied through Ephesians again and, and just preaching through it this time again, and, and especially in this chapter, is that Paul, Paul uses contrast to show us what things are truly supposed to be, what they're truly supposed to look like. Do you remember? Go back, go back to verse number 2 in, where he says this. He says, To walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice for us, uh, to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So, so he says here, he calls us to walk in love, doesn't he? And then he begins to show us what that love truly looks like. It looks like what Christ showed us, sacrifice and serving and others and all of that. But we also know this, that the world has changed the definition of love to mean something that it was never intended to mean, the agape love, God's love, in the Bible. And so he begins to contrast that. Look at verse number 3. He says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints. So what he's saying, watch this, he's contrasting, he's saying, this, where Christ is at, this is really love. What this is in verse number three, this is really lust. See the contrast? Well, what, what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that that's exactly what he does in verse number 18. Look at what he says. He says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with with, with the Spirit of God, all right? So, so, so here's the thing. He's, and, and really, and even in the verses that follow, where he talks about speaking to yourselves and 
psalms and hymns and giving thanks unto the Lord and submitting yourselves one to another. What he's doing is he's contrasting and he's saying, this is not what it looks like, but this is what it looks like. Watch this. When you say things like being filled with the Spirit of God amongst a bunch of Baptists, the air goes out of the room because everybody thinks you're going charismatic. But let me help you with this. It doesn't look like what they're doing. Because nowhere in the Bible do I find anybody flopping around like a fish and rolling their eyes in the back of their head and uttering some gibberish that nobody understands. That's not in the Bible. Jesus didn't do that. And nobody else done that. In fact, you, well, you know, preacher, look at the day of Pentecost. Yeah, when it says this, that every man heard the word of God in their own tongue, meaning their own language. Right. Let, let me help you with this. That kind of stuff, that's not of God. Right. Well, I'm just kidding. You're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. No, I think I'm, I'm on the side of the Holy Ghost yeah, here. Amen. Because I'm just telling you, the Holy Ghost of God's the one that authored the word of God. And if he'd have wanted us to be doing that, he'd have put it in his word. Son, it's not in there. And you can get mad at me or puff your lip out or put your whatever you want to do, but I'm just telling you, that is not of God. That is nowhere in the Bible. That's not what it looks like. Paul begins to show us what it looks like. And, and here's, here's what he says. He, he's, basically, he says this. It, it, it's a holy life. Well, how do you get that? Well, look at what he says in verse number 18. He says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit of God. It's a contrast. Now, now let's, let's just let's explain some things here. Make sure we're clear on some things. Because the key word in this verse, in understanding this, is to understand what the word excess means. All right? So if you're an underliner or a note taker, you ought to underline that word right there because it literally means this. Are you ready? It means riotous living. That's what it means. So, so here's what he's saying. He's saying, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is riotous living. That's true. Come on, I said that's true. Don't, don't die on me now, all right? I told you I had a long message, all right? But that's true, isn't it? Come on, it's, no, 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 no. This is not a verse where we go, well, you know, that just, that means too much. And so it's okay for us to drink alcohol as long as we don't get drunk in excess. That's not what that means. In fact, I've heard some believers today, unfortunately, even some Baptists say silly things like that. Friend, let, let me help you with it. And even, oh, my soul. In this stinking wine mom culture, pukerama. I heard I had a lady come up to me one time and said, well, you know, I got headaches, and so I drink a glass of wine. And I, to which I said, take a Tylenol. Wicked. Wine is a mocker. And strong drink bringeth raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that, that's Proverbs. Read it. Huh. See, here's the, here's the real meaning of the verse. Unfortunately, I can attest to the truth of the first part of this verse. I also believe the Ephesians could as well, especially the Gentiles, hence Paul giving the contrast here. See, drunkenness leads to riotous living because when you consume alcohol, once inside of you, it influences every aspect of your life. You getting this? It, it influences your speech, what you say and how you say it. 
It influences your thinking. It influences your choices and decision making, your abilities, and the list goes on and on. But friend, now we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit of God within us. Therefore, since He is in us, alcohol shouldn't be. And it should be Him that influences every aspect of our life. What we say and how we say it. Our decision making. Our thinking and where our mind is at. Our abilities and what we do. And again, the list goes on and on. See, the idea is this. Is that where drunkenness leads to riotous living... Paul is saying this, that being filled with the Spirit of God ought to lead to holy living. After all, He is the Holy Spirit. In fact, you begin to see some of the content, not just the contrast here, but even the content of of really what I would call a humble life that's being filled with, with the Spirit of God. Look at verse number 19. It says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, in spiritual songs, uh, and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is the idea of the heart and mind being filled with the poetry of the Scriptures. The psalms. Man, I love the psalms. I remember one time I was doing my Bible reading, and I was going through it chronologically. And so I wasn't reading the psalms and, and the proverbs every day. And man, after about two weeks, I was like, I got to read the Psalms. And I love the Psalms. You want to talk about encouraging? Oh, my soul, get in the Psalms, friend. But it's the idea of this we sing and make melody in our hearts unto the Lord. Can I ask you this? Do you ever sing unto the Lord? You ever sing unto the Lord? No, 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 no. Not just in a public church. Well, you know, preacher, we sang tonight unto the Lord. Yeah, absolutely, we did. He's the audience, you're not. But no, 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 but I'm talking about in your private life, just singing unto the Lord. This, yeah, I like this one. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. That's a good one. Isn't it? I, even, I think I hit some notes on that one, one or two. Yet, you ever notice that people today seem to be afraid to be alone with their thoughts? You know, you go to Walmart or something like that and people are walking around and they got these earbuds in their ear. And you go, you don't even see them. And you go, hey, how are you doing? And they go like, what? Never mind, I don't know. Especially the workers. Hey, do you know where, what? 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 You know, and they're filling up their hearts and minds with Lord knows what kind of music. What, what about you? Can I ask you this tonight? Where, where's, your, where's your heart and mind at when you're alone? What are you filling up your heart and mind with? And again, can I say tonight, fill it with Scripture? Fill, hey, fill it with some godly music. Fill it up with songs unto the Lord that you can sing back unto Him and rejoice in Him and praise Him for. I, I love that. I, I love good godly music. I used, Man, I'm telling you, I have to watch myself now. I'm a little better at it now the older I get. But man, I, I can remember listening to man have a good godly song on the radio and God just doing a work and I'm over there in my vehicle shouting and glory hallelujah at the red light and I look over and the guy's looking at me like. I remember getting so excited one time listening to the preaching on my, on my earphones and stuff while I was mowing the grass and I stood up shouting and the lawnmower cut off because you get off the seat. Sit back down. 
Look at, look at verse number 20. He says this, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our, of our Lord, Jesus, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. See, here's another, here's another content of being filled with the Spirit of God. Your heart is filled with thanksgiving towards Him. And notice again, it says for all things, not just the good things. Because, well, here's why. Because the life filled with the Spirit of God will still be grateful for the valleys. Even when we don't understand, we're still thankful because we can draw nigh to Him and He strengthens us and gives us what we need. But again, notice the anger and bitterness and selfishness of this world. And the answer to keeping those things out of our lives is to humble ourselves and to learn to be thankful, to be filled with the Spirit of God and praising God for all things, the difficult things, the small things. And then look at, lastly, look at verse number 21. He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And, and, and so when we're filled with the Spirit of God, there's humility towards others. There is love and forbearance towards our fellow church members. We care about one another. We desire to serve one another. We, there is love and grace and understanding towards the lost. And again, it's the complete opposite of the world that has a proud look towards others. And it's always wanting to retaliate. And Paul says this, be, be filled with the Spirit of God. And this is what it looks like. Instead of this riotous living, which, which maybe some of you at Ephesus have been prone to do with the drunkenness, be filled with the Spirit of God because it leads to holy living. And, and, then, and then, listen, be filled with the Spirit of God and, 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 and singing psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs. You're making melody in your heart unto God, talking with Him. And, and then praising Him and giving thanks unto Him in all things and, and even submitting ourselves, humbling ourselves and loving others and, and ministering to others. That, that's what it looks like. Not, not this, but that. There's a lot of contrast there, isn't there? But let me, let me ask you something tonight. If your life was up here, and you lined it up with the with the with the the, the riotous living side of things, or you you or, or lined it up with the spirit of God. Which one? Which one is it close closest? Which one does it resemble the most? Because Paul said this, and I'm just telling you, it's necessary. Be filled with the spirit of God. That's that's what the why is doing. Looks, if we're going to redeem the time, and we're going to, not going to waste any time, and we're going, to, we're, going to be con, we're going to be concerned with the will of God, and we're going to take the gospel to the lost, then I'm telling you, we've got to get to this place where we're daily spending time in His Word and listening for Him to speak, and we're daily speaking with Him in our prayer time. And we're asking and seeking and knocking and saying, I want to be filled with you. And we're seeing the fruit of it in our life. The love and the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the goodness and the meekness and the temperance and the faith and such, there is no law. What, what are you filled with right now? Because if it's the stuff of this world, I'm telling you, friend, you're, you're, you're saved tonight. You're headed to defeat. You're powerless without Him. 
Let's not walk out of this place tonight that way. Let's all stand tonight.